Hey everybody, I'm Matt Hardman with this week's Race Nerd Podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to skip the intro because i got a lot to talk about in a short period of time. Uh, we just went through um, Las Vegas. Uh, we got the results for you with Austin Hill winning the truck race. Chase Briscoe winning his seventh win of the season. And Kurt Busch winning his first win of the season and his first win in his hometown of Las Vegas, uh, beating out um, the the underdog uh, that everybody was rooting for, Matty D, Matt D. Benedetto, who in both races at Las Vegas this year has finished runner-up. Uh, so we got that. But we got a lot of news to cover. Um to throw a pop quiz notes out now which we will get to in our news section and that is what former NFL Hall of Famer uh, once owned part of Chip Ganassi's IndyCar effort in the 1990s the mid 90s uh, stay tuned uh, and we'll give you an answer so we got a lot of news, a lot of shoes have been dropped uh, in this silly season. Uh, the first news is the fact that Ross Chastain, who is currently signed to a deal with Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, will be moving to run for Chip's NASCAR Cup Series effort full-time next year in the 42, uh, the car that is currently driven by Matt Kenseth and started off the season with Kyle Larson um, obviously due to what the situation that had transpired with Larson on iRacing a couple months ago uh, well back in March I say a couple months ago because it doesn't feel like that long ago um, you know opened up this ride for Kenseth and Kenseth was only uh, meant to seal out the season until a full-time driver was reached. Now, another one of those drivers that was linked to the 42 ride before Chastain um, was given the deal was the hottest free agent in NASCAR uh, this season, Bubba Wallace, and with Bubba came the worst kept secret in all of NASCAR, and that is that he would be joining the new Denny Hamlin, uh, Michael Jordan outfit, uh, which was when the announcement was made about Ross Chastain, the Hamlin Jordan announcement was the next day. Hmm, coincidence? I think not. I think they were just waiting to see where the cards laid uh, involving the 42, because I, while it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that it would be Bubba Wallace. They just wanted to make sure. That's my opinion, and I'm entitled to it. But Jordan and Hamlin and Wallace, uh, the team name, number, make, and sponsor have not been announced. Um, I, I, if I was a betting man, uh, if I was the 
Kenny Rogers the Gambler, I would certainly put my money on that it would be a Toyota, as Hamlin uh, currently drives for the top team in Toyota's camp in terms of NASCAR, and that is Joe Gibbs Racing. I could see them being a satellite team with uh, Levine Family Racing folding and eventually working their way up, much like the way Stuart Haas was a satellite affiliate of Hendrick Motorsports, um, then became one of the most dominant and most sought-after teams in NASCAR before moving forward. Um, so I certainly see this. Um, having having the deep pockets that Michael Jordan has, because obviously, you know, when you're the best basketball player of all time, and one of the biggest entrepreneurs, I mean, the guy owns the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, he's the only person who could bring the Hornets back to Charlotte. Um, you know, I think that that is something in itself. Also, the fact that um, you have... Hamlin, who, you know, kind of bridges that gap between Jordan and the rest of NASCAR, although I don't think, I don't think Michael will have any problems translating into a NASCAR owner, um, then you have Bubba Wallace, this would be the first time in, since Wendell Scott, and probably the only time since Wendell Scott that I can think of, where you actually have a African-American owner and an African-American driver on the same team. Um, very, very historic. Certainly was part of the reason why uh, this deal worked out. Um, but also the fact that Bubba is extremely talented, you know, and also one of the most outspoken people in the sport. So I think that this is a huge, huge deal. Um, and, and I think it's going to be very good for the sport in general. Uh, especially having a owner, you know, like Michael Jordan. I know we've had athletes before, you know, NFL greats, uh, Walter Payton and Joe Montana have been car owners in IndyCar. Dan Marino and Brett Favre have been car owners. Uh, Marino with uh, Bill Elliott's team, although it was short-lived uh, in 1998, uh, as the team would fold in 99. Um, and Brett Favre and Dale Jarrett being a, a team uh, for a couple of years, and not only that, but starting their own um, racing experience program uh, so I think that those are you know obviously uh, a, a couple you know been there you know as I said Walter Payton and Joe Montana Randy Moss um, Julius Irving and Joe Washington uh, they owned the team but then again that team with the name power they have of Dr. J and one of the great uh, Washington Redskins and Joe Washington's uh, and having a sponsor like Dr. Pepper couldn't save that team. Um, 
but you have all those, you have all those big names and sometimes they flop, but I think having a name like Michael Jordan certainly helps. Uh, so that, so those are two big announcements. And then in the world of IndyCar, we had Zach Veach, driver of the number 26 um, Gainsbridge um, financial car. I don't remember if they're a financial company or an insurance company. To me, they're all about the same at this point. They're all after money. Anyway, um, the the Gainsbridge car, Zach Veach, Veach announced that he will skip the final three races of the season while um, giving Andretti Autosport the opportunity to search out a driver and get them set for the 2021 IndyCar season uh, and it's shortly afterwards was announced that that driver would be the a driver in their own stable a driver who was running part time and that would be James Hinchcliffe uh, as Hinch would come back to Andretti Autosport after running for years with um, Andretti and then on the Schmidt-Peterson Racing uh, so this is a, a big deal, um, and and was certainly uh, something um, that I I think has been long clamored for fans of James Hinchcliffe. You know the ability to get back to prominence um, with the team that he rose and and delighted fans with for years. Um, whether he'll be as competitive as he was in years past is yet to be seen. So, um, the jury's still out on that. Uh, obviously, there was the announcement of Sebastian Bourdais, and he will be running this weekend. Um, one driver who will not be running this weekend at the Harvest Grand Prix will be Oliver Askew, who uh, is not medically cleared to race. Um, he, uh, I believe this is still from medical issues that he suffered during the Indy 500. Uh, he has not been cleared. No, uh, Helio Castro Neves is actually the driver that will take his place in a possible audition for a third full-time ride at McLaren Arrow Schmidt-Peterson. Oh, that's a hell of a lot to say. Arrow, McLaren, Schmidt-Peterson, I don't know, Peterbilt, Polly Pocket, whatever. Um, Helio, who is in the final year of his contract with Team Penske, a team that he has raced for since 2001? Uh, that's just friggin' ridiculous to even think of. He's been around that long and been with Team Penske that long. Uh, that would actually put him as the longest tenured driver for Team Penske on in either of their series. Um, whether it be IndyCar or uh, NASCAR programs. So that, that's that's pretty impressive and if Helio uh, wants to do that, that is awesome. Uh, he's also doing the SRX series. 
uh, which we got a rumor about, you know, I, which I don't think is 100% accurate, but it was just a pretty cool rumor to hear. Um, and we got all that, but also another driver not medically cleared, and I kind of glossed over this at the um, at the beginning of the show when I talked about Vegas, and that is Natalie Decker was awarded a last place finish in the Truck Series race at um, Las Vegas, and that is due to her not being medically cleared there. Uh, n- unlike Oliver Askew and the rumors there's um, about you know him not being concussed still from the Indy 500, uh, there is nothing that has been said about um, about Decker other than the fact that she um, that she would inform us later after inform her fans later, not us, but inform her fans later um, on Twitter. Um, after trying to make the race, uh, after leaving the racetrack at Las Vegas. Sorry. Well, I, I got a little tongue-tied there, what I was trying to say. Um, other quick news, um, Arca has a new name in the history books, and that is Gracie Trotter. Um, Gracie Trotter, who is running in the Arca Menards West Series, which formerly the k West Series, um, in NASCAR's sanctioning, uh, became the first woman ever in the history of Arca to win as she won at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway Bullring, the short track inside of Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, she becomes the first female, and actually the if you follow the long lineage of the K&N, or the Arc Menards West Series, she becomes the second ever woman to win that. Uh, the first was just a handful of years ago with Haley Deegan. So, um, they, there's some pretty prominent women, and they're coming out of that West Series. Um, Gracie Trotter is the real deal, um, and is currently third place in points in that series. Um, other news that I can think of, uh, there's rumors that next year the All-Star Race will be held in Texas at Texas Motor Speedway and that uh, that is a piecemeal option by NASCAR as it is rumored that Texas will be losing one of their cup race dates to the Circuit of Americas, another track owned by SMI, uh, a track that was built for, is a road course that was built for the Formula One series to bring them back to the United States. Uh, It is a wonderful track uh, from what I've seen. And um, if we ever get Ed Ballow on here, we will, I'm sure we'll talk about his experience um, seeing F1 there. As he went to the first F1 race there in Austin, uh, so that's that's pretty exciting. You know, NASCAR is certainly thinking outside the box, and I think in a place like uh, Circuit of the Americas, or you know, a possible trip to Road America for the Cup Series, 
or even a place like Road Atlanta or VIR, those would be great places to run besides um, Watkins Glen, which I love, and Sonoma, which I have a love-hate relationship with when it comes to that track. A very beautiful track, but certainly one I'm not, I don't have an affinity for. Um, As long as we don't see Laguna Seca on schedule, because I don't think that track is fit for NASCAR, I'm okay. Um, any other quick hits I'm thinking of? Mm, no, but I'm sure you guys want an answer to this week's trivia question. This week's trivia question is, Joe Montana was a former IndyCar Series owner in the mid-90s with this... Uh, team and the team is none other than Chip Ganassi Racing as Chip would um, be, be a uh, majority owner and have a minority ownership to Joe Montana um, this was as Joe was reaching the end of his playing days I believe this I want to say it was mid-90s, as just as Joe was about to hang it up uh, while playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I forgot all about that until reading up on Michael Jordan and uh, the celebrity ownerships. But, we'll, we'll have to do a whole episode on some of these celebrity owners because... Some of these stories are pretty crazy, pretty wild, um, on how they came through, how, how they how they managed to get deals done and whatnot. But anyway, that's another episode for this week, and I am currently in the mobile studio, and I will currently and I am currently on my travels, so I will not be able to record anymore. At this time, I plan on doing a Patreon special for all you patrons, uh, hopefully sometime this week, uh, with time provided um, between my work schedule and children and all. So, until then, keep an ear out, keep looking for you patrons, and I will see you at the track. Bye.